Hello everyone! It is time for another Badland Girls episode. It's episode 12. Welcome to it. I'm Rhea. I was clapping along. I'm Destiny. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> how are I you, Destiny? I don't know Destiny? how that's gonna read. I'm good! I, uh... What have I been up to? Not much. I've recommitted myself to doing physical activity. Um... Instead what does that mean? Just uh, making sure that I'm doing something that gets my heart rate up. I'm not calling it exercise because sometimes it isn't exercise. Sometimes it's just like dancing or, well, walking. But I'm trying to do something to get my heart rate up at least five minutes a day. And mm. I'm going to work my way up to do like 30 minutes a day just because I'm trying to get more in shape i'm not trying to lose weight i'm not trying to i just noticed that i get winded doing very simple stuff and i'm trying to fix that problem well this is good i'm cheering for you thanks thank you yeah i figure something is better than nothing and if i start with five minutes a day then it'll motivate me to like add another five minutes on after a while and add another five minutes and then before i know it i'm working out or not working out, but doing something 30 minutes a day. And I think that's like the recommended amount of physical activity that you're supposed to be getting. If you that have is a correct. Job. Yeah, I wasn't sure, but that sounded right. I, I kind of did some research. I half-assed research because I'm really, <laughs> really very lazy. <laughs> oh, man. And it's hard, too. When you're into the fucking pandemic, it's like, damn, my motivation's in the toilet. I feel like all I want to do is sleep. All I want to do is sleep. I, I want to sleep and I want to play The Sims 4. Like, that's all I want to do. I don't want to... Even, like, things that I willingly signed up to do are kind of a slog. Like, <laughs> just because of the pandemic. Um, and that's why I'm trying to focus on what I can control to kind of get myself out of the pandemic depression moments that can happen. Oh, yeah. I, I totally understand. Yeah, I hope you're not feeling it too hard, but I feel like the longer it's gone on, the harder it is to just, like, be okay. <laughs> so I'm trying yeah. to just focus on what I can do to be okay. <laughs> I feel the same way. I need to start uh, organizing more video conferences with uh, you and the rest of our, our friend group, because uh, those help a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, meeting up like I have a group that meets every Wednesday and on some Wednesdays every other Wednesday we do D&D &D, mm. Dungeons and Dragons and then on the off Wednesdays we have a socialist book club so if you're interested in either of those <laughs> both spectrums I love it <laughs> you're, you're fully welcome to join either of those if that sounds like your jam uh, my friend would totally be like welcome to host and uh, you, you can join if you're free Wednesday nights at 730. Uh, <laughs> and then I have another group that meets every Friday night to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure over Discord. And so those are like the two big social things that I do. But yeah, I definitely need to do more one-on-one -on -one time with my closest friends because I've just been really bad about it lately. How is JoJo's? I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah, I'm on the last season now. I've, we've been doing it off and on. Well, we used to get together in person. So we watched the first two seasons in person. Then the pandemic hit. And so we've been getting together on Discord. And we had, like, we've been having, like, it's been intermittent. Not, like, every Friday. But we just recommitted to every Friday this year. And uh, we just started, I believe it's season five, which is the final season. And it's, it's pretty good. I go back and forth. But, like between thinking it's kind of like juvenile and thinking it's really awesome and deep. <laughs> oh, okay. So it, I, I go on a roller coaster with it, but <laughs> I feel like the last season was my favorite, which is uh, Diamond is Unbreakable. And that, and, and the fact that like everything in it is just this love letter to like eighties and nineties pop music and kind of the things that the artist cares about. Um, I've been eating up all the Prince references this season mm. and it's, it's been really great. And then like the end credit song last season was truly madly deeply by Savage Garden. Oh my God. <laughs> and the end credit song, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a Jodeci song this season. And 
I heard it for the first time. It was just so incongruent, but also the most logical choice. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess I like it. Like I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun watching it with my friends. But at first, I was like, I didn't really, I didn't really like it, and so it's grown on me quite a bit. Interesting. I feel like that's that's to be expected from what I've seen of of the show. That it's a show that kind of grows on you. <laughs> yeah, it definitely starts out very silly, and I actually really liked the kind of more gothic horror that it starts with. But they completely drop that after the first season, and it's completely it's just a show about finding people with this ability and fighting them if they're bad or having them join forces if they're good. Sometimes having them join forces if they're still kind of bad. Uh, you know that trope of the bad guy turns into your friend that is oh, very yeah. common in a lot of TV? Yeah, this mm. show, like, does that almost to a fault. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. But you end up with some pretty interesting ensembles, so. Uh, I can appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. I really, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, and I'll let you know once we finish it what I thought of it overall. But, yeah, it definitely had some ups and downs and. I don't think it's a perfect show by any means, but there's a lot I really love about it. The two shows that I'm like working through right now is uh, one of them just recently ended three seasons. It's called Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast. It's a Netflix show uh, partnered with DreamWorks uh, Entertainment. It's a cartoon about uh, a post-apocalyptic future where all the animals are either super gigantic and or intelligent enough to speak. And it's about a group of uh, human kids kind of navigating this new world and uh, discovering uh, some secrets and things along the way as they meet these variety of animal packs and befriend them or uh, fight against them, depending if they're friendly or not. That is awesome. Yeah, it's a That's... really cute show. What was the um, other show? Oh, the other show is uh, WandaVision, which is uh, Disney's Marvel first show on Disney Plus with Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany uh, reprising their roles as uh, Wanda Max- Maximoff. Was that her name? I don't know. And then, yeah. uh, and then uh, Vision. That show is so good. I can barely believe how good it is the first trailer they dropped for it i was like i'm gonna watch this and then every other trailer after that kind of killed it by like revealing too much but i'm still gonna watch it like it's still on my to watch list i highly recommend it the commitment they do to uh sitcom tropes is incredible the mystery uh, is very, very engaging. And, like, it's worth it alone just to see the different credit sequences, the opening <laughs> credit sequences they do for every decade. It's worth it for that alone. Because it's different that, every every episode. That makes me so happy. Like, one of my favorite <laughs> things is when a show has different opening credits for every episode or every few episodes. Like, I always eat that shit up. Yeah, so uh, this isn't too much of a spoiler, but like the show, it, it she's in some sort of sitcom-esque world and it slowly is revealed like what exactly is happening over the episodes. But because of that, we are in like different eras of sitcoms, you know, f- from like 50s to 60s to 70s and on. And just, oh man, the, the, the research and commitment, the 80s opening, I about died. It was so goddamn funny. I was so shocked. And then uh, there was a huge, huge reveal in the last episode. Um, Not this week's, but the one previous. And uh, I just, I'm just like floored about what they're going to be doing in the future in Marvel Entertainment and just in this show. And then one of my favorite little tidbits is that they're introducing, uh, they reintroduced a character that you saw in Captain Marvel as a little girl. She's an adult now. 
and the the writing for her character her name's monica is excellently done and then they brought back randall park who was in ant-man versus the wasp and kat dennings who was in a couple of the thor movies and man i was so happy to have them back it's nice to see them on a tv show where they can flesh them out and give them a little bit more screen time than what we saw in the movies i mean they were both super charming in the movies but it's interesting to see you know, get deeper into their kind of character and motivations and stuff since they have more time on a TV show. This show was seriously wonderful. Pre-pandemic, it was supposed to come after uh, the other Marvel show, which is about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But because of pandemic stuff, this one ended up coming before. And I'd actually think, I think it worked better because this one is way more mysterious. The other show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, is coming out next month. And that one looks more straightforward action. So I actually kind of like that they started with this one. But it's fascinating. I love it. Yeah, it looks really weird in like a very intriguing way. I'm yeah uh, looking forward to finally sitting down and getting to see what it's like. I find myself discussing. So like I with Tracy, uh, I find myself discussing it with her on a level I used to break apart and discuss Lost. And I have not done that with a show since, like, probably maybe BSG was probably the last show that I really, like, sat down and kind of like, well, this is what's happening. What does this mean? You know, and oh. stuff like that. So I love that. I It's like, it's something I didn't realize I missed until I was doing it. I haven't done that, like, in a real way since I used to write my little live journal TV reviews. And the last show I did that with was probably Mad Men. Mm. But... Part of me wants to go back and do it with uh, Twin Peaks The Return because I got the big damn box set with all three seasons. Uh, and I I would love to just maybe start a blog or something <laughs> and just dude, really get into it. Dude, I'd love that. And Return would be such a good one to do it for because that show is like... It's like between Mulholland Drive and Inland Empire levels of mysterious... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just like there's so many, it's so symbolic. It re- it doesn't tell you anything. It's like yeah. everything is up to interpretation. I love it. Yeah, no, it's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I need to watch more stuff. I've been really bad about just spending all my free time playing the video games. So, <laughs> well, speaking of video games, shit. do you have a Sims update? Yeah, uh, I've been playing this family since well since i got the game so i'm on the third and fourth generation of this sims family called shumka which i named after one of my favorite podcasters dave shumka from stop podcasting (laughs) yourself (laughs) because despite how uncool it is to just listen to a podcast with like white guys talking that is probably um that's my favorite podcast. I don't know. <laughs> they just do uh, it right. That is also my favorite podcast. Jesus Christ. I didn't realize it until you said it, but it's true. <laughs> I'm kind of ashamed to be like, that's just the genre of podcast I like. But they don't have to be white. I'm not saying that, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I kind of just like silly, unplanned podcasts. Like, I, I don't really need them to be about anything. And, like, technically, uh, stop podcasting yourself as a comedy podcast. But I feel like, in the end, it's just sort of about, especially now, just connecting with people. And I don't know, it's it's just done in a really great way that keeps me coming back every Tuesday. Um, So, anyway, I named my Sims after Dave Shimka. And uh, I'm on the third generation. And right now, the... uh, one family has three kids because the, the previous guy uh, that I started with, the original Shumka, had a son. And then his son and his husband had another son. And then that son ended up having three kids with this lady. And so those kids are all teens now. And then, oh, no, no. I forgot their daughter. And then they had a, the two guys had a daughter. So I'm playing the daughter's family and the son's family. The son has three kids that are all teens. His name is Graham. I named him after the other co-host of Stop Podcasting Yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Graham's kids are named Margo, Diego, and Lorna. And I think I'm going to make Lorna the artsy one. 
Diego's kind of the creator. Or no, sorry, scratch that. Lorna is the athletic one. Diego's the artsy one, and uh, Margot is the like outgoing, talkative one who makes all the friends. And then Yuna, Graham's sister, has a son named Heath that I named after Heath Ledger. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> And I don't know what he's going to be like. He's still a kid. I I, I uh, like crafting their personalities. But right now, him and his dad like to go fishing together. Uh, his dad is named uh, Rufus Alizadi. Um, I can't tell you where I got that last name because it's technically related to something work-related. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, so... Rufus is, like, this really outdoorsy type. He, like, goes on nature walks, and he's super into his garden to the point where he's a professional gardener. Okay. And then there was a sale. It's still going on. Like, this is the weekend of, um, what, February 8th, I believe. Uh, And I ended up buying a new expansion pack that adds a city into your world's. So, like, it's an urban setting versus a suburban setting, which is the usual setting for The Sims. Ooh. And there are festivals, and it's a little more multicultural. So, like, you unlock different foods. Like, there's different food stalls. There's a food stall for Filipino food. There's a food stall for Moroccan food. There's one for Mexican food. There's one for Japanese food. One for Chinese food. And if you try the foods at the food stall, you learn the recipes on how to cook them. And they add these, like, really funny... Um, moodlets. So, like, if you eat something really spicy and you're not acclimated to spicy food, fire shoots out of your mouth and you have to, like, reacclimate yourself to eating all these different spicy foods so you don't get that moodlet. <laughs> and if you use chopsticks but you've never used them before, you get an embarrassed moodlet because you're, like, really clumsy. Aww. Yeah, it's pretty cute. And the Sims that I moved into, because instead of houses, you have apartments. So, I have three Sims. I have... Two Sims I made and one Sim that was just in the neighborhood that moved in. So uh, the first Sim is named Savannah Bowie. She's a businesswoman. <laughs> and she's really lazy. Like she is only is happy. Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. She's most happy in front of the TV. She loves to nap. <laughs> oh my God, it's Pandemic Rhea. <laughs> That's p- Pandemic uh, pre-pandemic, p- current pandemic, and post-pandemic destiny as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then her roommate is named Aisha. Uh, I can't remember her last name. I just kind of used like a r- random name generator in- within the game to come up with her name. But Aisha is a food critic, and so she can like taste the different foods and write different articles, and she can make or break restaurants. And then her boyfriend is this guy named Salim Bennett who was just a townie that I gave the apartment key to because one of the like goals was to give somebody your apartment key and they just started dating and pretty soon there's because there's different festivals in the game so there was like a festival by seafood festival there was a flea market and now there's going to be a geek con so they get to cosplay and do like hacking competitions and that's what's coming up next so I'm really excited oh my god yeah. That's so much fun. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm really excited. And then I also downloaded another, it's not, an ex- there's different packs that you can buy for this game. And so like some of them are full expansion packs and some of them are just stuff packs. So I bought one called Spa Day where they can like meditate and do yoga. <laughs> oh my God. So that's, that's like, like such a you expansion pack. <laughs> I know. Give me the one where they go off the spiritual deep end. That's what I want. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been playing my city sims a little more than my suburban sims. So that's my sims update. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I just bought uh, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. And uh, of course I played uh, Super Mario 3D World on the Wii. But it's fun revisiting it. I'm having a good time. I also caved and bought the Cat Peach Amiibo. And... uh, after not buying an amiibo for like five years. <laughs> so uh, I think she just drops random items. The stupid fucking Mario amiibo, cat amiibo, is like, you get to be an immortal cat. 
And then Peach is like, you get random drops. And I'm like, excuse you, why isn't Peach the immortal fucking cat? God damn it. And I was like super pissed about it, but I need to dig out my amiibos because I think they do random drops. Like if you have Bowser or something like that, and I do have a Bowser hidden somewhere. So I got to do that. But this game is fun. I forgot how creative and colorful it was. That is cool. I, uh, I definitely played a ton of 3d world on the 3ds and, uh, really loved that game. I love how short and sweet it is. And then you unlock the harder levels and I'm terrible at platformers so like i never got past like the first hard level <laughs> oh man but i do they are hard though i got into like the super hard levels and i made it pretty far but then the last level was impossible and i'm like i can't do this i don't know how you would do it and then but maybe <laughs> i can do it this time we'll see we'll see just do your best i know you'll do your best <laughs> oh thank you well you know we were talking about um like stuff we watch, but let's go into our movie. What was the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched was just this morning. I watched 1967's The Queen, which is this documentary about a drag competition in New York City. Oh, um, I've never heard of this. Oh, it's very cool. It's on Netflix. It's only like an hour and six minutes worth okay. your time. Okay. Uh, it's this like really great look into the history of drag uh, and the way that they talk about drag within the documentary gives you the very, I mean, true and real sense that like drag is old, even when they're talking about drag. But sometimes I forget that like drag is an old art form. Yeah. And so it was kind of like fascinating. And this is also pre Stonewall pre AIDS. So like just the way they talk about their lives as gay men. Um, and they talk about like, gender it's just interesting i i really got a kick out of it and um andy warhol makes an appearance at the end he's in the he's in the audience of the competition and i tried to look up where some of the performers ended up now like a lot of them aren't alive anymore sadly Mm -hmm. um just uh because the movie's so old but uh one of them uh crystal labeja uh, famously gets so mad at the end because she like comes all the way out to New York to do this competition and loses and she does this really mean read of one, the, the, the winner of the competition and she just yells all this shit and she like thinks the competition's rigged to like favor the white uh, drag queens because she's black mm-hmm. and uh, one of the drag queens on RuPaul's Drag Race ended up being her for Snatch Game oh wow <laughs> Yeah, uh, Aja. So I looked it up and like she quotes the movie perfectly. She does all the facial expressions of Crystal like so well and like totally does that whole reading scene where she's like tearing down the host of the competition and tearing down the winner of the competition. And it's hilarious. Um, And I looked, Crystal LaBeja actually founded like, I don't know if you're familiar with like the whole house system in drag. No, it's it's like um. Were you gonna say something? Sorry. No, I just I'm not familiar with it, so I was gonna wait for you oh. to explain it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's essentially because a lot of the, especially like within the Black and Latinx community, uh, people were getting kicked out of their families for coming out as queer or coming out as like a crossdresser or maybe even trans. Uh, so they would kind of make their own families and they would call them houses. And then that got involved, like they would host the balls and like the drag balls. And there's like a bunch of different houses. And La Beja was like one of the first ones. Um, and like, you'll hear the names like the House of Extravaganza, the House of Gucci. Um, if you've ever seen Paris is Burning, the House of Extravaganza is one of um, the first Latino houses. Um but anyway, it's it's really fascinating. And, like, they all kind of take care of each other. And there's an assigned drag mother and a drag father. And, like, you take the last name of your house and, and compete under that name. And it's cool. Um, but it totally came out of this necessity for family and home. Like, within That's... the queer community. That's fascinating. I love that. I'm definitely going to watch this. And I still need to watch Paris is Burning fail. I... Oh, <laughs> do you have the Criterion channel? No, I don't. Here's where I 
enter a plug for repertory screenings. Well, we're doing Paris is Burning for our <laughs> next episode, and I, uh, I can uh, find a way for you to watch it, and uh, I'll help you get a Criterion channel login. I don't know whose it'll be, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we will uh, definitely have you uh, watch it, because it's, it's fucking great. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> what was the last movie you watched? Uh, the movie I want to talk about today is a movie that I saw when I was a teenager and completely dismissed and then recently watched, obviously, and have just did a complete 180 about my feelings about said movie. And now it's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. And that movie is The Exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> so when I first saw The Exorcist, I was a teenager and I was a pretty hardline atheist because I was surrounded by a lot of very aggressive Christians at my school. And I just felt like the only way to be was to be a hardline atheist to kind of protect myself from these very aggressive Christians who could be very cruel and were very cruel and actually got in trouble for being very cruel uh, eventually down the line. So because of that, I was just not in the mood to watch a movie about a girl who's possessed by a demon who gets exercised by a couple of Catholic priests. So I liked it. I mean, I had an appreciation for the effects and stuff. I did have a Linda Blair Reagan sticker on my math, math notebook where she's, you know, fully demonized with the scars and the, you know, the contacts and everything. But I, it just wasn't for me. I just didn't like that kind of horror movie. Well, recently I decided to rewatch it because it's on HBO Max. And I realized a lot of things about that movie. That movie is so fucking creepy and good. It's, it's such a... scary. It is. Oh my God. Like I couldn't... It's such a... It, I think what ended up happening in my brain was that I was so swayed by the by the occult-esque movies that followed that I didn't realize that Exorcist actually broke a lot of new ground and was actually pretty unconventional compared to some of the other later Exorcism movies that would come out. Father Karras is fully questioning his religion, that entire movie. The Exorcism technically, uh, spoiler alert, fails. Uh, and... Karis basically takes the demon in him and that's how they defeat it. It's there's a lot of talk in the beginning when um, Regan's mom is at the end of her rope where she's talking to the doctors and they bring up an exorcism and they actually fully explain what it is because they call it an archaic uh, practice that's no longer well known, which I think some other period piece movies that I watched around the same time as the exorcist, uh, the conjuring uh, forgot about like in this movie nobody knows what a fucking exorcism is and then in, you know I was watching The Conjuring and they all know what an exorcism an exorcism is and I'm like hmm and it was just very interesting to see and yes like how did he how did the director make that simple stairway up into that room just slowly slowly the scariest <laughs> thing on the planet like I don't I don't know I, I I just feel like that movie was so good. I was so blown away at just the sound design and just the kind of iconic sequences. And I, I'm actually reading the book right now because I was so blown away by it. But yes, The Exorcist is such a good movie. It is now one of my favorite horror movies. And I'm sorry I ever doubted it. <laughs> what are your thoughts <laughs> hey, on The Exorcist? You, you didn't know. I think yeah. it is very good. I consider it legendary, um, mm. like most people. I really like hearing all the weird stories around it, like the devil's actually in the film and like all this <laughs> stuff. Uh, there's that very, very short scene. I think it's at the beginning of the movie where she goes to a hospital, Reagan does, and there's like a guy in it that plays a doctor and it turned out that guy was a serial killer. Oh my God, I didn't know that. What? Yeah, yeah like there's a My Favorite Murder episode about it, but I cannot remember his name to save my life, but he was this doctor that like murdered patients. Oh my god! Yikes! Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's really unfortunate. Oh, man. 
But yeah, this Linda Blair is so good in it too. Like she was 14. She's playing a 12 year old. So she's not much older than the character she was Mm -mm. playing. And like, she's frightening. Like some of the stuff she says is like truly frightening. Oh man. Yeah. I, um, super love that movie. I, uh, just watched an unsolved mysteries about exorcisms and I don't think, and this is weird coming from somebody who claims to be a witch, but I just don't think demonic spirits can possess people. I don't think there's anything wrong with that saying that as a witch. I just don't think, uh, well, I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. Cause I, I just, I just don't think they can. So I, it's in the realm of fiction for me. And I think that like, a lot of the time, and granted, there are things in this world we just don't have explanations for. I have an open mind. But a lot of the times when you hear about people seeking exorcisms, it just sounds like they have uh, like a mental illness that isn't being properly treated. Yeah. And that's kind of what I think. But like as far as, uh, as a horror fan, I don't know. That's just... I. I I haven't seen an exorcism movie I've liked as much as The Exorcist. Yeah, and like going into what you said, like she exhausts all her kind of like medical and psychological options. You know, (laughs) she's literally at the end of her rope when they suggest uh, an exorcist. And I, I, that's why I do feel like some of the other kind of occult movies kind of lost the thread there. With how, with how kind of like, you know, how this movie was kind of like, uh, you know, not only setting up the occult kind of movie, but also kind of like doing a spin on it. It's so original. I, I really appreciate it as a film and I'll never doubt it again. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know. You didn't know. Yeah. And I understand coming from like an atheist background, like I I don't identify as an atheist anymore, but I used to like how I could see how like a film about, well, the power of God is going to save everyone is going to be like a huge turnoff. Yeah, it was definitely a huge turnoff for me. And uh, back then, back then, because like I said, just my my current like life situation back then was very kind of. Uh, fraught with a lot of like aggressive Christian overtones with just the, the, the classmates I had classes with and stuff like that. But I've since uh, to, to yeah. spend so much time being a hardline atheist is a little dull. And then also uh, a lot of uh, hardline atheists are um, fucking assholes. <laughs> so to kind of, I don't really like to even consider myself part of that community. It's a shit community. And uh, I, so now I feel like I'm more open-minded to enjoy things like this. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, it's kind of like what you're saying. Like the community, the atheist community has a lot of problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of why I don't identify as an atheist. Plus, I just spiritually, I just I'm have a, I have a lot going on. <laughs> I don't really want to go into it. But I've had a lot more different life experiences that just lead me to believe, like, there's got to be something, not necessarily God, but just something. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get into it here, but uh, I definitely had to, like, take a look at my beliefs after hitting a certain age. Mm. I respect that. Thank you. Well, uh, uh, next time we have, I'll go into the other movies that I've been, I've rewatched. It's, it's a, it's a rewatch old movies that I haven't seen in a long time, uh, kind of, uh, mood in my house. And I have another set to talk about, but I'm not finished with them yet. So I will talk about that next time, but, uh, let us move on to... Oh, Badland Badland Girl. Girl. That's That's my jam. jam. Destiny, what's your jam? My jam is a song called Party Girl by Michelle Gurevich, who is a Canadian singer-songwriter. 
I don't remember how I discovered it. It probably was through Jake Fogelness' podcast. <laughs> I did this first because I've just been listening to a lot of that and he puts a lot of music in it. And I, I bring it up like every time we talk about jams, but it's like the only exposure to music I've been getting <laughs> on a consistent basis. Hey man, that's totally fine. <laughs> but it's like this really uh, great piano song uh, just ironically kind of mocking the life of a party girl and uh, not in like a yucky way, but just in sort of like, I know what I'm doing and I'm the best one here, that kind of song. And I just, I really can't get enough of it. It's very catchy and, and kind of sad. <laughs> oh, see, I love that. That reminds me of a uh, Lily Allen song, 22. Although... I don't know if you if you know that if aware blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you know that song. I don't know it. Uh, but like, it's a song about a girl who was like out every night at twenty two, but she's nearly thirteen now, and she's trying to figure out what to do with her life after spending like almost a decade as a party girl. Interesting. So my jam is, I guess, a vaporwave song called CRT. Uh. Waver, I wait. What the heck is it called? <laughs> I already forgot what I sounds like a vaporwave song to me. <laughs> I don't know if you weren't sure, but <laughs> with a name like that, it's called CRT Days by Wave Shaper, and it's like an instrumental song with a lot of like heavy synths and just like groovy beats. And it's like imagine you're in a neon noir city driving along in an in a like self-driving car and this would be your (laughs) this would be your soundtrack for it it's kind of been my uh my um my my regular jams have been all these kind of electro songs lately just like instrumental electro songs just pretending i'm in some like neo future when I listen to Vaporwave, I like to pretend I'm in the anime Dirty Pair, which is my favorite anime. <laughs> I did not know that was your favorite anime. Oh, I love you. <laughs> it, it is so good. I can't even... It's like an action movie every episode. It's funny. It's cool. It's got like this really... The name is very misleading because uh, it's a very like clean cut show. It, it kind of sexualizes the two main women, but not in like a really obnoxious way. Uh like, eh, I wouldn't even say it sexualizes them all that much. Like, for 80s anime, mm, mm. <laughs> there's a lot of Star Trek references, and you know I eat that oh, up. Of course. But yeah, that is uh, my favorite anime. But I, uh, a lot of the imagery in that just reminds me of music. Oh my god. I need to watch some. I'm aware of it as like a cultural context kind of thing, but I have not seen any episodes of it. You should come over and I'll loan you my DVDs. Mm. They're not mine, but I'll loan them to you anyway. <laughs> uh, I think my we favorite anime. Lo- house with oh, a- go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, we live in a house with a lot of historical <laughs> anime. Go on. <laughs> I think my favorite anime is Yuri on Ice. Now, I know it's a recent one, but that one really moved me in a, to a level that I wasn't expecting to be moved. I, um, I really like it. I finished it fairly recently and i never saw the uh weren't they making a movie uh they just did an update on the movie last year so it's slowly going and even slower now because of COVID. (laughs) okay i had no idea if that had been released or not but i'm glad that's your favorite anime that doesn't surprise me i think that hits all the rio buttons it does it's such a beautiful show and from somebody who was like watching like free and hayaku it just goes there where those animes won't and uh, as far as like a queer relationship on screen. And I, I would love to do an episode where we just talk anime. Oh my God. Our next episode done. <laughs> okay. Cause like, I feel like I've watched way more since the last time we tried to do an anime episode. Oh my God. This is fun. So yeah, let's, let's do that. Oh my God. I'm excited. Cause I have a lot of anime I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, b- um, off mic, I asked Destiny because she was eating a banh mi, and I asked her what her uh, pandemic meal of choice was because it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. Like, what have I been eating more of since the pandemic started? Well, I'll tell you what, I've been eating a lot of takeout. DoorDash Pass for life now, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I eat so much takeout now. But 
my what's your takeout go-to my takeout go-to's well it's uh there's a mcdonald's really close to me so mcdonald's gets hit on a lot and okay okay there's actually this place uh pretty close to me uh tracy recommended it it's called aj's cafe it's just an american cafe and they have such delicious breakfast foods that yeah it's hard to get good breakfast food yeah they have this gigantic burrito that my dad and i are addicted to so we order from there (laughs) a lot (laughs) awesome that's awesome i love that your go-tos are like straight up classics though (laughs) diner food and mcdonald's like that's pretty great the only kind of classic but not really is my mom and i hit up crystal jade a lot Oh, so do I. That's my only, that's the only Chinese restaurant. And we live really close to one that we like, but that's the only one where I will get delivery from. Yeah, it's good. My mom and I <laughs> love Crystal Jade. She loves Crystal Jade. And one of the things that they have on their DoorDash menu that I never remember seeing on their actual in-person menu are those Chinese sugar donuts that I always order now with my DoorDash meal and eat the whole box by myself and hiss at anybody who tries to come near me and steal my Chinese sugar donuts. I don't think I've ever had Chinese sugar donuts. Oh my god, it's just like fried dough with sugar on top. <laughs> it's like a staple at buffets. Oh. At Chinese buffets. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that sounds delicious. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised when I saw that Crystal Jade had it, because usually I only see them at a buffet set type setting. So I was like, oh, hey, they have Chinese sugar donuts. Give me! <laughs> so. Okay, so what's your go-to food to cook? So my pandemic uh, meal of choice has been spicy chicken fried rice, which is basically just chicken fried rice, except I put a bunch of sriracha on top of it. (laughs) And then I eat it for five days. Mm, I don't eat chicken, but that sounds really good. Fried rice is a perfect comfort food. It is. It's been my my pandemic meal of choice just because I don't usually eat leftovers. I'm not a big fan of leftovers. I I feel guilty when I can't eat leftovers. But for some reason, chicken fried rice, I can eat that for like a week straight. It tastes better the longer it's in the fridge. It's weird. Something about the consistency of the rice or something. I am also really bad at eating leftovers. Uh after a couple of days, I'm just kind of over it. I don't know what it is about me. Well, so, okay, good. This is why we have Badland Girls together. It's because we both don't like leftovers. It's <laughs> <laughs> just how it is. I don't know why. I found that a uh, spicy food or like spice in general is is usually what's needed for me to uh, prevent a dish from getting bland. Uh, because I ate so much chicken ramen in college. I literally haven't eaten more than, let's say, five cups in the past 20 years. But then (laughs) I discovered, then I've discovered spicy chicken ramen. And that has also been a comfort food. It's like adding spice. It's just like, oh, here's the magic ingredient you needed to make this tolerable and not and not repetitive for you i feel it's such an easy thing to add i'm like why didn't i think of this sooner Uh uh-huh i can't tolerate spicy foods anymore like what at all at all when i was younger i could eat hot wings i could eat spicy anything spicy now the only things i will tolerate are um and and even that's a struggle uh Thai curries and Indian curries, I'll eat them because I like them, but like they have to be as mild as possible. Like I have to have it prepared as mildly as possible because I get, not only is it just painful to eat, I get terrible heartburn. Oh, yeah. The heartburn thing now that we're uh, in our, in our thirties, the heartburn thing is, is getting bad. Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, if I eat too late, something spicy too late, I will most definitely wake up in the middle of the night with heartburn, which sucks for a variety of reasons, but also because whenever I sit up or, like, blink open my eyes, my cat will be like, she's awake, and then decide (laughs) to come in and be like, hey, you're awake, 
time to pet me. And I'm like, it is three in the morning. I have heartburn and I do not want to pet you right now. I want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that is the downside of um, spicy food life is you're just going to get heartburn if you're <laughs> us, apparently. Is there spicy sushi? Um, yeah, there's like spicy tuna and spicy uh, shrimp rolls and if you add wasabi to anything it has a little kick i can stand wasabi i don't know why it doesn't i think it's because it hits you and then it's over it's not something that lingers wasabi is interesting because i didn't like it as far at first i described it to my dad as spicy toothpaste um but actually i love wasabi now it adds a nice kick oh yeah wasabi's delicious i don't know how i can eat that without keeling over but I don't put that much on my sushi. I guess that helps. And like I said, it doesn't linger like your chilies. It doesn't linger like your curry. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's like hit it and done pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, my food, my pandemic food is very simple. Uh, M does all the cooking cause they're nice. And sometimes they'll do this thing where they'll just put a shit ton of cheese into a can of refried beans with salsa and we'll warm it up and just eat it with tortilla chips. Oh my God, girl, that sounds delicious. (laughs) It is so simple, but it is my favorite thing. I don't know what it is about it. (laughs) Do you see you have to, since it's like, uh, kind of like a homemade thing that you guys created. You have to name it now. Oh. <laughs> like you the have lazy... to name it like super cheese or something. Well, it's just it's just the lazy nacho. That's all it is. <laughs> that sounds like a restaurant name. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the lazy nacho. Have a sleepy burrito. <laughs> a laid back empanada. I like the lazy nacho. I think that's a fun... A fun way of calling it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I I enjoy it. I look forward to it. It's something that's very easy to throw together and weirdly filling. Mm. Uh, and uh, you can make it to accommodate. Like, if you wanted meat in it, you could put meat in it. If you wanted completely vegan, you don't have to put cheese. You could just do the salsa. Like, there are lots of ways to change it up. Nice. Another uh, pandemic uh, food that I've been eating, it's a breakfast food. Uh, speaking of naming foods, I call it the Harley Quinn because <laughs> it is a recreation of that exact sandwich that she was uh, fawning over in oh, Birds of Prey movie. That's fabulous. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I, I watched it and it looks so good. And so I decided to try and recreate it. And for weeks, when I first started making it, whenever I'd put the hot sauce on, I'd always just do it in her voice with a just dash of hot sauce. (laughs) (laughs) That is delightful. I saw that Disney, or not Disney Plus, that's the wrong one. HBO Max. (laughs) There's too many streaming services. (laughs) And I have most of them. So like, I might as well get cable now, right? Oh, no. Because then that just adds a bunch of mainstream 24-7 hour news and sports. And we don't need that in our lives. <laughs> no. I'm just saying, like, cost-wise, I'm not saving any money just by going to streaming services. Because I just have so many now. I have Did, you do Max, have right? a lot. Like, how many? Like, 10? Do you have 10? Well, Em and I kind of split them up. But, okay, okay. Let, me, let me count. Okay, so I have Funimation. Verve, okay. which is another one that has, like, anime and cartoons. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking of just the ones I pay, we, we pay for. The Criterion Channel, Night Flight, which is music videos and just various movies and TV shows. Um, uh, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus. Shit. Um, Do you have Prime? <laughs> Yes, Amazon Prime. That's nine. Shutter. Yep. <laughs> That's 10. okay. So you're already at ten. 
And then those are the ones we pay for. And then, like, the free ones we use, like, I've been watching a lot of Pluto TV, which has ads, but I really like their, they have a Mystery Science Theater 3000 channel and an Unsolved Mysteries channel. The only channels you need. For real. No, that is, like, so relaxing. And it's like having cable, because you can just have it on in the background, and you can mute the commercials, and I don't know, I find it soothing. I need to download that. I really like it. Um, oh, oh my god, girl, you really do? You have 10 plus. Well, yeah, and then the free ones I have are Canopy, which is through the library. Um, that's a streaming service. If if you're The Omaha Public Library doesn't do it, but... The La Vista Public Library does it, where it's a streaming service where you get 10 credits a month, and you can just watch 10 things for free, and then when the month changes, you get 10 more credits to watch shit for free, and they have a ton of great movies and documentaries and educational films. Oh my goodness, why isn't OPL doing this? I don't know. I'm I'm irritated now. Yeah, when I found (laughs) out about it, I was like super disappointed, but then I moved to La Vista, so it stopped mattering. Uh, (laughs) And then Retro crush which is an uh it's a a retro anime streaming site that is completely free oh my gosh okay so i need to get pluto tv obviously oh yes so i have uh just the big ones so like apple hulu netflix hbo max and uh uh prime and apple's free it came free with my phone nice so I think that's it. I don't think I, oh PB I PBS I have PBS because my mom and I watch too many period dramas. Oh, I downloaded PBS, but I didn't like I don't know the way they do their pricing confused me. So I'm, I've never done PBS before, but it's on my Roku. Okay. <laughs> well, Jesus. <laughs> now I understand. <laughs> Yes, so many streaming services. Oh, you, that, now that you know I have a Roku, you understand why I have so many streaming services. <laughs> I just feel like Roku has like a billion. I just feel like they have a, they have so many on there. That's true. They have a lot. Um, yeah, it's out of control. And I don't even watch that much TV. That's the thing that makes it funny. But yeah, HBO Max has um, the reason I brought them up. They have all the Batman and the animated series. So I would love to go back and. I started rewatching it on DVD, but uh, that was a long time ago, and I would like to pick up where I left off and watch some Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have her uh, solo show with uh, Kaylee Cuco, Coco, whatever, from Big Bang Theory, oh, and yeah. uh, her solo show is really good. Speaking of Harley Quinn, um, the current Harley Quinn in uh, popular canon is like my favorite thing. Because she does, she's not with Joker, she's queer, and she is totally an anti-hero. And speaking of this, I feel like they've been, uh, they've danced around Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy being queer for uh, decades now. But there is a lot of new media coming out where they are confirmed queer, both of them. In a relationship? Uh, Yes. Nice. Uh, Well, I guess, spoiler alert, in the Harley Quinn, they are in a relationship. In the cartoon. So, um, also there's like, and it's not just Harley Quinn. Like, uh, you brought up the, the houses of drag Queens. Um, and it made me think of the Harley Quinn, uh, teen graphic novel they did called breaking glass, where it's kind of like a reimagining of Harley Quinn's origin story. And she is basically raised by a house. She's like a homeless teen that ends up being raised by a house. A drag and I house? Do... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what are they called? I can't remember. I read oh, it last okay. year. And yeah. I wasn't aware of houses. And they I don't know if they if it, it was explained in there or not. But she's raised by like a drag queen. I know that. So I'm like, it has to be a house. I need to go look at it again. Oh, we need to get you watching Paris is Burning. Oh. <laughs> I know. And so, like, in that one, it was like, she, it wasn't really focused on her queerness, but it had hints of it. And mm. then, uh, and then, like I said, this, this Harley Quinn animated series they done where she has a confirmed queer relationship. And then, uh, as part of DC's, like, teen imprint, which has some really good books in it, there's a new one coming out. 
uh, next year called, sorry, it's 2021, this year about Poison Ivy and the whole thing is just about Poison Ivy's first queer relationship. So like these characters um, are kind of like being rewritten uh, or not rewritten, but like confirmed as queer where people kind of like ID'd them as queer way back in the Batman, the animated series days. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really great because it's such it was such a throwaway thing i think when they made it like that joke of them being together and just sort of and people just took it and ran with it and i'm yeah all for it i'm for it too it's really interesting like i think the first time like i know they hinted at it a lot in the comics like i know there was a i saw like a, a super post once on tumblr of like moments between them where they were like sharing a bed but it was all very wink wink nudge nudge and then in the alternate universe comic bombshells which is about all the um women dc superheroes in this kind of like retro universe uh uh pinup type universe it was based off some art they did and then they spun it out into a comic yeah, uh that was like f- that batwoman oh yeah you did i forgot about that <laughs> and then in that one, that was the first time I remember seeing Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, like, confirmed in a relationship. Like, there was a Christmas comic about them, and it ended with them kissing at the end. So, oh. so this is interesting. I, I'm, I'm into this. <laughs> I need to read uh, this uh, Poison Ivy comic. You said it's out this year. Yeah, I forget the name of it, um, but I will uh, add it to our notes because I just found out about it and they had some like preview art and it looks really gorgeous. It's like a gothic romance with plants. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. All right, then. Well, we have concluded yet another episode of Badland Girls. Yay! (laughs) Woohoo! Potty potty. Thank you for listening. You can find all of our episodes and show notes at abnormalmapping.com slash badlandgirls. Yay! Thank you for hosting us, Abnormal Mapping. We appreciate you. And you can email us questions or comments or, I don't know, a string of emojis at uh, badlandgirls <laughs> at gmail.com. And then we're on a lot of podcast apps like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Destiny, do you have anything you want to add? What other shows are you on? Um, I'm on Repertory Screenings, which is also at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, we're going to be, well, we just watched The Wind That Shakes the Barley, uh, which was very good. Uh, I completely reveal my ignorance of all Irish history. (laughs) Um... (laughs) No, this is how dumb I am. And I didn't say this on the repertory screenings episode. But when we were watching the movie, I was waiting for the free state Irish people to change their minds, not realizing that Ireland was still split up. (laughs) (laughs) Just total dumbass. No, 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 it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it was very funny. Because at the end of the movie, I was like sitting there. I was like, I really thought they were going to overcome. And then I realized, oh, no, there's a reason why there are two Irelands. And <laughs> <laughs> I just don't feel like it's talked about very much. I don't know. Oh, no. I mean, like whenever but people like... talk about Ireland in like kind of American context, it's like, oh, beer. <laughs> and we, yeah, we like, that's true so i totally it's, it's go ahead sorry oh no no i was just gonna say i i just feel bad because i feel like one of the big failings of americans is not knowing other cultures very well and everyone else knowing american culture very well and it's like i just need to get out of my ignorance bubble but i did learn a lot about the early irish independence movement and uh it's, it was a really good movie, and I highly recommend it. But yeah, so repertory screenings, we watched When It Shakes the Barley, and we're watching Paris is Burning next. So, well, now you want me to now you want me to have like a little fun Carmen San Diego moment where every show we just talk about a country and stuff we've learned from it. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what did you learn about Northern Ireland today? <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'd love to do this. <laughs> 
right. Next week, we're talking anime and fun facts about the rest of the world. Yes. <laughs> I will be back with, with those exciting topics. <laughs> and until next time. Always, always pizza, pizza rolls. rolls.